This is week two of our series. Um, this is our story. If you weren't here for the first week, basically what we're doing is we're interviewing some couples in our church and just hearing their story, hearing how God has impacted their lives and hearing how um, just they're doing life and how their life have gone up to this point. And um, as it already got said, we are having RJ and Christina Benavides uh, this week and you already saw them on stage for their baby dedication. So why don't you guys come on up? How y'all doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good. We're just going to have a conversation, so no. Um, so yeah, why don't we just go ahead and dive right in. Um, let's hear about you guys' story. RJ, you can go first and kind of talk about your life as a child and young adult. All right. So like many of you, my story begins at birth. Um, <laughs> No, but quite literally, um, that, that is um, really one of my first testimonies. And if you guys were here for Danny and Tara's amazing story last week, um, their daughter Danica has a very similar story to mine. And my due date was supposed to be July 2nd, and I was actually born on, on April 3rd. It was an Easter, Easter Sunday, and I was born 12 weeks premature. Um, after, I, I grew up hearing that story, Quite often, actually, everybody would always tell me how they could hold me in the palm of their hands that I was so tiny and they, or fit me in a shoebox or one of the other uh, kind of jokes just about how small I was. I didn't really realize how, how huge of a deal that was until I was a little bit older and I started to kind of get a little bit deeper in my faith and, and do a little bit of research. Um, that 12 weeks, being born 12 weeks premature is one of the, one of the, earliest times that you can be born and, and still make it, essentially. As a matter of fact, when my mom went to the hospital, um, at first, I guess there was some kind of mix-up about how far along she was, and they essentially told her that she was having a spontaneous abortion. And then, come to find out, you know, the I guess a nurse had scolded the doctor about it because I guess he had some kind of mix-up about how far along she was and he went back in and said, hey, um, you know, sorry about that, but he essentially has a 50-50 a chance that he's going to make it. And as you can tell, you got a sneak peek, I made it. <laughs> um, and, and to the best of my knowledge, I'm, I'm pretty normal. Um, my, my mom had a, a co-worker that said, oh, well, he normaled right up and Ever since then, that's kind of just her running joke with me, and she always just tells me I normaled right up, even though Christina might have something to say about that. Most days. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, so that, that's just my first huge just testimony of how God's just had his hand on my life since the day I was born, and, and I'm sure since before that even. Um, and fast forwarding to growing up in the church, I would go to church quite often with my grandma, and she was really the person in my life who exemplified who Christ was and showed me the love of God and showed me how to pray. And when she had passed away, I was in the eighth grade. And that was really tough on me. I, that was the first time in my life I really stopped going to church and I, I kind of didn't really have a relationship at that point with God. She was like my main point of contact. And <laughs> um, yeah, so a little bit later down the line, I was hanging out with a really good friend of mine at the time. And I didn't even know that she went to church, but one, one random kind of afternoon, she was just like, hey, do you want to go to church? And I was like, sure. 
And that's how I ended up here at Camelback. Awesome. I, I always love hearing stories about um, just the power that Christ has over our lives and um, the obvious hand that God has at Camelback, um, especially with you and Danica both having very similar um, situations at birth. I think the fact that both of you guys are here, that both of you guys are thriving, um, is just such a great example of God's hand on your lives and God's hand on our church and just uh, the vision that he has for us to impact people. Um, Christina, during that time, what were you doing other than being born? <laughs> um, so I went to a Catholic church when I was younger, um, but my Catholic church experience was like, um, I knew when to stand up, I knew when to raise my hands, I knew the last song to where it was close to service being over. Uh, we went like almost every Sunday, we went Easter and Christmas, um, but I never had that relationship that I've always wanted, you know, that I wish I had, that RJ had with his grandmother, um, with God. Um, especially when I moved to uh, charter school. Um, I feel like I really faced most of my struggles and, and tested um, a lot during that time. Um, um, I was a big people pleaser, kind of still am, I'm working on that. Um, so going through that and trying to, you know, be in the crowd, and I got into, you know, a lot of mental struggles, a lot of physical struggles, and um, just one day I couldn't handle it. I was just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. God, you know, the God that I wish I had that relationship, the one I barely knew. I prayed to him. I talked to him. I cried to him. I was like, take this from me. I can't handle this. This isn't for me to bear. I don't, I don't want this. Um, if you get me out of this, you know. That, that prayer that we always pray, if you get me out of this, I'm yours. And in that moment, in that crying, desperate moment, I felt the warmest love. And from that, the next day, I literally, driving to school with my mom, I look over to her and I'm like, I don't want to be at this school. Can we move? I don't want to be here. You know, I literally had no emotional ties to my friends, to my teachers, to the boyfriend I thought I really loved. And I was like, I'm done. I need to move. I can't be here. Um, you know, after moving schools, um, it just all got a lot easier after that point, you know, finally starting that relationship with God. And then sophomore year, I met you. <laughs> so when you guys met, um, you know, you met in class and you kind of developed a friendship. Why don't you tell us just a little bit um, how that happened and how that kind of developed into you guys eventually dating and getting married. Sure. Uh, so Christina and I met in a sophomore biology class. And I guess you could say we had more chemistry than anything. <laughs> There's my dad joke for the day. I'm done, I promise. Um, but yeah, prior to that, I was dating somebody who I thought I was going to be with as well. And after she and I had broken up uh, at the time, I mean, it's a huge deal. It's like, you know... You're with somebody, and then all of a sudden you're not. And, it, and that kind of threw me sort of in a downward spiral where I was already here at the church, and I was um, in the youth, and I was also hanging out with friends who were not making the best decisions, and I kind of fell into the, that as well. And, and uh, kind of the high school party scene and everything that that entails. And I'll spare you guys the details because my parents are in the crowd. <laughs> um, no, but, but seriously, though, um, I really feel like I, God had used Christina in my life 
uh, during that time between sophomore and junior year when we started dating about a year after we met, but we had really taken the time to develop a friendship and she was there for me during a lot of my hard times um, throughout high school. And after we started dating, then um, I invited her here to church and, and that's really how she uh, came to Camelback as well. And we have kind of just been, been here in, in the youth. I like that, just a little bit of like real low-key missionary dating. <laughs> I'm a Christian, you're not, but you can come to church and be one. I like that. And it worked out. It's good. We, we don't advise most of the time missionary dating. No. Um, youth group, pay attention to what I say. <laughs> um, no, and obviously it worked out because now you guys are married. Um, after high school, RJ, you had a brief stint in a career field that you thought you were going to be in for uh, 20 years to life. And um, Christina, you were also going through a lot during that time. Why don't you just quickly fill us in on that? Yeah, I was, um, I joined the Marine Corps um, immediately out of high school. And I actually wanted my mom to sign the paperwork when I was 17 to give me permission to join. And I'm surprised the recruiter made it out of there alive because she was not having it. She told me if I wanted to make that decision that I needed to wait. And uh, three days after I turned 18, I, I, signed, I signed up and I joined the Marine Corps and I thought I was gonna be doing that for 20 plus years. I was, I was pretty sold on that. Uh, that was my, my way in my head that I thought I was gonna be serving. And at the time I, I wanted to get deployed and I wanted to, to just do the Marine Corps. That was just the whole thing, you know? And looking back on it, I feel like it was a really self-glorifying career choice for me because it's so, you know, in Hollywood and stuff like that, it looks, it looks really cool and stuff. So I thought that was gonna be me. So when RJ was going through all of that, Christina, he was going through his training and all of that. And, you know, he's gone for months and months and you're just sitting at home like, man, I miss my boyfriend. What's going through <laughs> your head other than that? Pretty much, um, it was weird because you go from being with someone pretty much every day, hanging out to like, what do I do now? Um, but I kind of, I was going to church constantly with him, but I didn't know how to drive at the age of 18 just yet. Um, actually, when he left, I learned how to drive. But, um, I was still that awkward girlfriend just on the side, like, do I go with his parents that I'm still like, getting to know and getting comfortable with, or do I just not go at all? And um, I chose to go to church because it's something that it was just part of my core. I needed, I needed to be at church. I knew the days that I didn't go to church, I, I really longed for it and I needed to go. So I, I made the commitment to just go despite RJ being there and I went for me to go and grow with God. That's awesome. That's always a big step. Um, just, you know, it's great when you're in a relationship together at church, um, but it's amazing when, even if there's separation, you realize that um, just having that constantly poured into you is great for your relationship, mm -hmm. but it's also great for you just individually. Yes. Um, so going on, RJ gets home from training, and you guys just continue on, and or continuing on in your relationship, um, what kind of happens after you get home from training? Um, after I got home, uh, Christina and I had moved out together, and we are really living like we were married when, when we knew that's, um, you know, God wouldn't have wanted us to be living the way that we were without, you know, actually being 
married and committed to each other and, and just being all in. And so um, we got married about, I think about a year, year and a half after we moved out together. Um, but still, I, I had, with, with being in the Marine Corps and, and working and also going to school, I had fallen into the kind of mental trap of thinking that I, I didn't need to go to church to have a relationship with God. And I kind of tricked myself into, into thinking that way uh, when, you know, looking back on it from, from where I am now, God specifically calls us to be in fellowship with one another. And there's really, you know, no better way to do that than it starts here and then, you know, progresses into a small group setting. So, uh, Definitely. And, um, you know, you and your family all came to Camelback as a result of that initial step of you coming here um, in the first service you told the story that your mom wanted to see where you were spending all of your time and making <laughs> sure you weren't getting in trouble at church um, and so you know your whole family your mom came then your dad came and now your brother's here and yeah. that's amazing that's um, everything about your whole situation is a result of a lot of answered prayers and a lot of just intentionality and um, following through and then Christina, you ended up getting baptized shortly after RJ yes. got back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just felt it on my heart. I was, you know, going to church, and I, I remember it, uh, it was right after service. Pastor James asked, you know, if you want to, you know, give your life to God, you know, just raise your hand. And I, I felt my hand tug, and I, I raised my hand. I went like this. And um, at the end, um, RJ's like, all right, well, we're ready to go. I'm like, hold on. I got to do something. And I remember going out front and I'm like, I raised my hand. And they're like, oh, that's amazing. Great. And then we, we moved on forward and um, I got this book, um, The What on Earth Are We Here For? And, um, you know, I got baptized right after that, but while reading the book, um, which moves on to a serving. Yeah, in, in the book, um, it's called What on Earth Am I Here For? by Pastor Rick Warren. Um, it's, a, it's a very great book. Um, it really just kind of shows you where to start when you don't really know where to start. And actually, I, I believe we did a, a series at church um, where we actually went through the book as a church. But, you know, I wasn't coming really um, regularly at that time. And so Christina was very diligent about us reading the book together. And so that's something that we did um, as a couple, really, for the first time, we started just reading together, and, and that really started our growth. Uh, in the book, specifically, it talks about becoming a part of God's family, that we were all created to be a part of the family. And also, it talks a lot about service and, and serving, using what you have to serve. And if it, sa it also says, um, if you don't know where to start, just jump right in. And uh, that's pretty much what we did. Yeah, and you guys got plugged right in. Um, yeah. Christina, you got involved in kids, and RJ, you got involved in students, kind of going full circle for you, uh, going back to worship in our youth group. Um, and you've been leading there for a few years now, and you've been doing an amazing job, and it's Thank been you. a privilege to um, just see where you're taking our students. Um, so a little bit after that, you guys got married, uh, you were living in your apartment, and um, you were getting more serious about your faith, you were growing, yes. you were getting involved in community, and then the time came where you guys felt like, you know, it was ready to take the next step as a couple, buy a house, start a family. Why don't you tell us about that part of your story? Yeah, um, 
you know how the couples always talk about like, oh, how many kids do you want? Do you want to have kids? And like, yeah, I want four kids. Do you really want four kids? Um, once we finally, you know, actually sat down and got serious, we're like, we do want to have a family. So we started to make our plans and started putting our plan into place and, you know, going forward and actually executing our plan. And um, time went by and, you know, I thought I was pregnant. And then after negative pregnancy tests, after negative pregnancy tests, I decided, all right, something's going on. I need to go to the doctor. So once I go to the doctor, um, we get some tests done and stuff like that. And I'm sitting at work and I get a voicemail. And my doctor left a note saying, I have PCOS. So pretty much um, it's not working how it's supposed to work. My body's not doing what it needs to do in order to have a baby. And I knew that from school. I knew like all the statistics and everything like that. And I'm sitting there crying at my desk. I finally get home and I remember sitting in the kitchen and I'm explaining to RJ what happened. And I'm crying and I'm like, we're not gonna be able to have kids. And he goes, oh, so it's just gonna be hard to have kids. And I was like, no, you don't understand. It's like pretty much, it's not gonna happen. We're not gonna have kids. It's just, it's just not gonna happen. And he goes, well, we serve a God that's greater than medicine and everything. And, you know, God's got us. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, you guys have a very healthy baby yes. boy. Um, so you, got, you, get that, um, you get that voicemail. A little mm -hmm. bit later, you are going through the process of buying a house and... You find one, and what happens? Yeah, so um, at this point in time, we still, you know, we, we were kind of uncertain about our, our future as far as if we were going to have a family. Um, and so our apartment lease was about to end, and we found our rent was going to be going up to something, you know, it was kind of, it was pretty high. I was like, we could probably pretty get much a, a mortgage. We could probably get, a, you know, a mortgage for this. And, you know, we had already taken FPU and Dave Ramsey probably would have slapped me upside the head and told me I was dumb. <laughs> but we decided to go through it any, with it anyways. And uh, this is like my favorite part because uh, God's timing on this was just so perfect. And he just, it was in his hands with, with everything financially and um, just, I couldn't, I couldn't have planned it better. So we, we had been looking for a house kind of um, at the beginning, at the end of the year, going into the beginning of the following year. Our apartment lease ended in April. We closed on the house in March. Um, we didn't have any payment for May, so we got a little bit of time to kind of save up. And then literally immediately after that, Christina found out that she was pregnant. It was kind of a theme last week, too, with Danny and Tara, how uh, they had this uh, schedule or this plan, roadmap for their life, and um, God was like, you know what, that looks like a good plan, but I have something better for you. Yeah. And you guys are another fantastic story of how um, we may have the way we think our lives are going to go. We may think that this is the best way, and um, all the time, God has a different well, maybe not always a different plan, but all the time, God's plan is, always, is the better one. Yes. And for you guys, it was just really quick. You guys had an amazing um, just prayer answered and getting the house and everything lining up with that. And then two months later, you found out you were pregnant. And um, It didn't feel quick. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that in the moment, yeah. That does not sound like it would be a very fast-moving process. I feel like this, this uh, process specifically, though, I, I feel challenged Christina and I to uh, just put our faith completely and lean on God uh, in his in his plan and in his purpose for our lives. And at the time when we were in the middle of our struggles, it was very hard for us to see it. But um, like you said, now coming full circle, it's like, you know, his plan was a lot better than, than what we had in mind. Yeah, I, I love that. And um, we have some time, so I wanna go back to something else that we had kind of talked about in preparation for this. Um, you're talking about, you read, what on earth am I here for? And it talks about, you know, finding your place in God's family and just jumping into serving and getting involved in a community. Um, the community that you got involved in, other than your serving communities, was your small group. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about how that's been a important thing in your growth so far, but also in, in your future plans, um, especially with raising your son and kind of raising him up in the church. How does a small group tie into that? Uh, there was a lot of uh, things that were kind of going through my mind as you were asking the question. Um, like you said, it all, it all started off here when, when we were serving, and I feel like the service was the first step um, in doing that because we really wouldn't have come into relationship with some of the members of the church that we were seeing on a regular basis while we were serving. And so after we decided that uh, we needed to be in a small group, um, man, it, it definitely just changed the way that we did life because, yeah. you know, you're, you're with a community of believers who are going through life struggles as well, you know, and, and you can be there for one another and support each other mm -hmm. and pray for each other. And I think the thing I look forward to most uh, in the future is, uh, specifically with raising Elijah, is is just the amount of love that I see that he's going to have in his life from everybody, you know, and, and I know that um, everybody in our small group and everybody in the church will will love him and pour into him and guide him um, as, as we're doing it as well, and so that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of um, just the dedication here that we did today. You know, you're dedicating Elijah to God and dedicating yourselves to raising him in the right way, and we as a church jumped on board with that and we're saying you know what we're gonna go along with you um we're gonna do this together it takes a village yeah. yes. and we are so happy to be that village thank you yeah thank you. well thank you guys for coming up and kind of talking about your story you. unless you had anything else you wanted to add no um I could talk all day if you let me. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's just about time. Um, so once again, thank you guys for coming up and telling your story. Um, I love getting to hear it. I've, it's a privilege to have known you guys for the nine and 10 years that I've known you, um, to learn from you, uh, learn how to be a good parent, learn how to be a good husband. Um, it's been an honor to know you guys, and I'm looking forward to where your lives go and uh, where God takes you as parents and as people. Thank you, Wes. Thank you. It's been a privilege. Thanks. <laughs>
and RJ coming out and saying, you know what, like, I understand what the doctor says, but this is what God says. This is what the Bible says is true, and they are bought into that. They are bought into knowing that God loves them, that God cares about them, that God wanted them to have a family, and God is bigger than medicine. God is bigger than any sickness or any struggles that they're gonna have. And so much of their lives together have been just answered prayer after answered prayer after answered prayer. And that's because they've been diligent in praying. That's because they're in a small group. And I can't tell you how many nights at the end of small group we've sat together and prayed for their family. When Christina was going through not knowing if she was gonna be able, be able to have a baby, just praying for her to have a family or to be content with whatever the diagnosis is. And to me, that's what's so amazing and so important about being bought into Camelback, about being bought into serving and being bought into getting in a life group. Um, it just surrounds you with a community that you wouldn't have regard or otherwise. And it's such a vital part of your life as a Christian at your life here at Camelback. And we love you guys and we want you to get involved in one. Um, so I'm about ready to wrap up, but if you have any questions about life groups, about serving, or if you wanna be prayed for or pray with somebody, uh, we're gonna have people up front that would be more than happy to answer some questions or pray for you. Uh, but for right now, let's bow our heads. Dear God, thank you for today. Um, thank you for RJ and Christina sharing this story and thank you for it having the impact that it most definitely has had. Um, just thank you for the family that they've been able to find here at Camp Back. Thank you for the love that they've felt here and thank you for the love that they've given here as well. Um, as we go out today, we're filled with that love. As Christina said, when she came into Christ, when she came into you, she felt a warm love that she'd never felt before. And that's all we wanna be for the world and that's all we wanna know from you. God, as we leave here today, I pray that we are that love. I pray that we are that goodness that is you. In your name we pray, amen.